Introduction, air puffers and rubber gloves. The first family was dysfunctional. At least that's the picture painted by the storyteller in the book of Genesis. The first son, Cain, was angry with the other first son, Abel, because the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Cain said to his brother, let's go out to the field. And when they went, Cain killed Abel. According to the story, Cain worked the soil while Abel kept flocks. One was a farmer and the other was a shepherd. A farmer is settled. A farmer has chosen a piece of land and settled there because he's decided that this land can best support his crops. He has a strong sense of boundaries. This land, the land that he lives on and farms, is his land. A shepherd is nomadic. A shepherd goes wherever there is food for his flock. A shepherd wanders from place to place. A shepherd doesn't have a strong sense of boundaries because he sees all land as a possible spot for him to stop and feed his flock. It wouldn't take long for the shepherd and his flock to cross onto the property of the farmer. And that would raise the question, whose land is it anyway? This question would have many dimensions, economic, political, religious, social, let alone the personal aspects of ownership and property and progress and wealth. The story of these first two sons is actually a story about progress, innovation, and the inevitable forward movement of human civilization. This Genesis account reflects the transition that was occurring in the time and place in which this story was first told. A seismic shift was occurring as human society transitioned from a pastoral nomadic orientation to an agricultural one. This was a huge change that did not come without a lot of strife and, occasionally, murder. As a result of the murder, the text says, Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. East of Eden. There's a place called Eden, a paradise, a state of being in which everything is in its right place, a realm where the favor and peace of God rest on everything. And Cain is not there. He's east of there. And he's not only east of Eden, but in chapter 4 of the book of Genesis, the text says that he was building a city. It's not just that he's east of where he was created to live, but he's actually settling there, building a city, putting down roots. The land of his wandering has become the location of his home. And then several chapters later, the Bible says that the whole world had one language and a common speech as people moved eastward. The writer or writers of Genesis keep returning to this eastward metaphor, insisting that something has gone terribly wrong with humanity and that from the very beginning, humans are moving in the wrong direction. God asks Adam, where are you? And the answer is, of course, east, east of where he's supposed to be, east of how things are meant to be. There's a new invention at the airport. Before we board our plane, we have to go through security. Many of us have had the joy of standing there in our socks with our belt off, desperately searching our pockets for anything metal that could set off the detector and cause us to be subjected to the wand, a handheld device that is passed over the body, beeping when it detects anything made of metal. The wand is difficult enough, but when the person using it is wearing rubber gloves, it just doesn't help the experience, does it? One of us, after being selected for a random security check, was asked with a straight face by a Transportation Safety Administration official, would you like me to give you a full-body pat-down here, or we could step into a private room off to the side if you'd find that preferable? But enough of our traumatic airport flashbacks. There's a new invention at the security checkpoint called the Air Puffer. It's only for people who have been randomly selected for extra security measures. The Air Puffer is about the size of a phone booth. We step into it, it makes a low buzzing sound, and then it shoots bursts of air all over our bodies. A green light then comes on, the glass doors in front open, and we're free to exit. 
We are given no instructions and receive no explanation as to why exactly being shot with little bursts of air all over one's body makes the world a safer place. Apparently, it has something to do with detecting the presence of explosive substances. What is most frightening about the air puffer is not the unexpected puffs of air. What is most frightening is that we do it. Thousands of us each day step in, feel the breeze, wait for the light, exit, and then set off in search of our belt and shoes. Because if we were to protest, we would immediately be escorted into a private room to the side for who knows what. And besides, we have to catch our plane. Now, as we leave the air puffer, collect our belongings, and make our way towards the gate our plane is departing from, the first thing we hear is a television. There are many of them all over the terminal. They are set to the same channel, a news show that is custom-made for airports. The length of the segment before it repeats is about the average length of time a person sits waiting for their plane. This news channel gives up-to-the-date pictures and reports on news from around the world, including the latest...